This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Good Monday afternoon, January 29th. 2024 we got a great show planned for you today new washington national slugger joey gallo is going to give us a call at about 4 30 jay gruden is on the show for his weekly appointment at five to break down yesterday's championship games aaron Schatz, who created dvoa as a metric created football outsiders he will be on the show at three today in one hour to help us preview the brand new super bowl matchup that we've got and we're giving away Wizards tickets in three hours at five right here on the fan. Danny, how are you? Your boys are busy little bees today. We got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, after, I'd say, a pretty strong day of football yesterday. Early game disappointed a little bit, but that late game was outstanding. Really, really fun. That That's either that or the divisional round. I'll go back and forth between which is my most favorite. Obviously, no, it never involves Washington, so I don't have to really worry about that part of it. But those two days are as good as we get as sports fans. It's perfect. It was a great weekend and a exceptional Sunday of football. I do want to remind people, though, that we've got our big event on Friday night. So just real quick, wanted to start the week by saying tickets are going very fast. It sounds like it is going to sell out. So you can go buy tickets uh, right now to get yourself to Bethesda Theater on Friday night for our 8 p.m. event. Jonathan Allen's going to be there. Oh. Which is very, very cool. Okay. Excited to hear that today that one of the top and most popular Commanders players over the last couple of seasons will be on stage with us and will take part in the event, and fans can interact with him, hopefully, when they go out on Friday night to Bethesda Theater. So go buy your tickets right now at BethesdaTheater.com. But that was a big development, I thought, today. Very cool, right? You know, who's the best player on the team? It's either him or Terry McLaurin, and they'll be there hanging out with your pals on Friday. Very, very cool. All right, so let's get into the Super Bowl matchup that is now set. Super Bowl 58, Chiefs 49ers, a rematch of Super Bowl 54. That game was sneaky really good. Score doesn't necessarily say it. Kansas City won 31-24 years ago back in 2019. This was right before the start of the pandemic. So if you want a timestamp, about a month before the world shut down, yeah. you and I were at Hollywood Casino, That's I think right. it That's right, good pull. Watching that game that night. San Francisco led 20 to 10 going into the fourth quarter and then the 49ers uh Niners scored you know nothing while the Chiefs scored three unanswered touchdowns and won the game. Jimmy Garoppolo missed what would have been a touchdown throw. I remember could have put them over the top. But we got ourselves a rematch, man. Here was what yesterday was to me. The Chiefs took their place with the Patriots of yesteryear in the matchup doesn't matter. Where you're playing and who you're playing is irrelevant. Do you have Reed and Mahomes? Then you shouldn't bet against them. Part of the Pantheon. And I thought San Francisco, while they got pushed around for a half, 
Did a really good job adjusting. Some good fortune as well. Ball bounces off a helmet for a 50-yard completion. Get back into the game. Lost fumble on the first play of a drive for the Lions subsequently. A couple of fourth downs that the Lions go for and can't convert. And they're able to take the lead in a second half that they just dominated. 27-7. to So, I don't know where you're at on it, but I thought that the best team in the NFC, San Francisco, advanced and got to the Super Bowl. And the best player in football on one of the best teams in the AFC, Mahomes, is back in the Super Bowl again. I'm fired up for the matchup. That's a good way to put it, right, with the NFC's best team. San Francisco, but shaky on defense, though, last couple of weeks. They've, they've been exploited a hair, um, which we're pretty – I was pretty surprised by, frankly, that, okay, Green Bay maybe snuck up on them and got them, but Detroit had their way with them for, for most of this game. Um, but in terms of Baltimore, really disappointing. I mean, the the Zay Flowers fumble at the goal line. Uh, Lamar Jackson forcing a ball into triple coverage on something maybe wasn't really there. Baltimore, so many missed opportunities. It, they didn't look like themselves for for a lot of this one. This penalty, like a John Harbaugh coach team. The things that what are their traits? They're going to be smart. They're going to be aggressive. They're going to you know have all have their act together. These insane penalties, bizarre play, like totally out of character for them. They should be kicking themselves because if you give up 17 points to a Mahomes led. Chiefs team, that's got to be a win. I, there's no way around that. Chiefs deserve credit. I'm not taking it away from them. They're they're a Super Bowl team. That's the unkillable monster. You want to beat them, you best bring your A game. But for the Ravens, man, that is disappointing. They were as good as anybody in football this year. And to go home in that fashion, that's tough. Oh, it's brutal. But Kansas City's defense was incredible, and I thought Spags was the MVP of the day. Agreed. Uh, we'll get into the, both of the matchups, but just kind of looking now at who's left standing. Reed Mahomes and Kelsey leading KFC into the Super Bowl, KC into the Super Bowl. You know, and, and those three as a triumvirate, that trio still there from the past Super Bowl matchup four years ago. And it's two teams that every single year are among the last standing, right? Kyle Shanahan's gotten his team to the NFC title game four times in five years, second Super Bowl appearance during this stretch. He's still ringless, so that's a story going into the game. Can he get over the top? Andy Reid has coached in six straight AFC title games, third Super Bowl appearance over six years. They're trying to go back-to-back, which hasn't happened since the Patriots in 03-04, Broncos 97-98. It would be the fourth time since the 80s that a team went back-to-back. So I've seen today, for whatever reason, it seems like a lot of people are down on the matchup. Maybe they just wanted Detroit to have a shot at history, or they like the idea of this being the Ravens' year and, and Lamar mm-hmm. kind of finishing what he started as the MVP of the league. But I am not in club. This is not a good Super Bowl matchup. You got Mahomes, who's must-see TV, and and the Chiefs, who are awesome. You got the 49ers, who were the best in their conference all year long. Like, bring it on. I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. I love it. I'm I'm meh about it. Obviously, for the reasons you stated, San Francisco not having one here with this Kyle Shanahan group and them taking Mr. Irrelevant. Again, Brock Purdy looked shaky for, you know, a half-plus of football, but here they are still scoring a bunch of points. It's just because I've seen it before. It's it's not new. It's not fresh. It's not exciting. I know the rosters turn over a lot, and you mentioned the triumvirate of you know Kelsey, Mahomes, and Reed have been there, but most of the other guys are pretty new, right? That's how rosters work in the, yeah, the NFL. Yeah, and, and that previous game, Damian Williams ran for 104 yards. He's nowhere to be found. Right. Tyreek Hill went for 105 as a receiver. He's not going to be mm-hmm. walking through that tunnel with Kansas City. Very, very different. But uh, all right, let's go to the NFC game first. Let's go through yesterday's contests in detail here. And chop it up, Danny. We'll start with the 49ers coming back to demoralize the Lions. Detroit played a nearly perfect first half. You could hang Ben Johnson's first 15 script in the Louvre. 
The Lions got the ball, start the game by going 75 yards on four plays, a 42-yard end around by Jamison Williams, who made some huge plays in the game. 7-0 lead for Detroit. Then they get the ball back on their second drive, 11 plays, 62 yards for a touchdown. You can't start faster and better than that offense did. They would get 10 more points on their next three drives. They were rolling in the first half, Danny. 18 first downs, 9 passing, 9 rushing. Very balanced. 5 for 7 at converting third downs. 280 net yards. They ran for 148 at halftime. Threw for another 132 and only had one penalty. Just staggering. Uh, Jared Goff in that first drive. Bootleg little dump off completion of Sam Laporta for a, for a first down. Other than that, just smash mouth runs. Whatever happened on that reverse to Jameson Williams, or end around, I guess is what you would call it, the entire 49ers defense bit on that fake. Whatever that is is the thing I want more than anything else. I want that. I want – you can line up and play, line up and do some stuff. I want that trickery that gets guys so out of position that the faster dude on the field getting the football is a complete surprise to everybody. The entire defensive line, the linebackers, they all crashed on what looked like a halfback dive or you know some power run action in the middle of the field, and here comes little Jamison Williams sprinting around the edge with only one guy to beat, and he does for a touchdown. That is the thing I covet more than anything. Well, you can get it. You're interviewing the guy that put it, it all together tomorrow morning. The 49ers come out of halftime. They were down 24-7 to at the half. Dan Campbell had a chance on a fourth and goal from the three to go for a potential touchdown and go up 28-7 before the half. Decides to kick the field goal, one of the only times in the game he would. They make the field goal. So it was a 17-point lead for Detroit at the half. And it was funny to me because after the game, Kyle Shanahan was being interviewed about what he had told his team at halftime. And he's like, we're only down 17. It's not that big of a deal. That's a huge number. Yeah. Like 17 <laughs> felt really big, but San Francisco felt good about their offense and their ability to come back for the second time as many weeks, and they did that. They came out of the half. Shanahan says he told the offense, we have to get points on this drive if we are going to win. They stalled, but they did get a field goal. Nine-play drive, pulled it within 14. Here's the sequence where the whole game goes off the rails for the Detroit Lions. Detroit is now up by 14. They get the ball back in the third quarter. They go on a, what looked like the first half, just a clinical march, 42 yards. They have a fourth and two set up in field goal range. Dan Campbell elects to go for the fourth and two. Now he's being lambasted for going for fourth downs in this game. Ben Johnson's design worked. Josh Reynolds is wide open. Danny, Josh Reynolds drops the pass. They don't convert. The 49ers take over and the whole game changed. That was a massive sequence. Now, some of the things had nothing to do with the fourth down, like a, a David Montgomery fumble later on and um, you know some other moments where guys are dropping passes. Josh Reynolds dropped two, but that's a pivotal moment is what ends up happening. Uh, the third and fourth, third, third, rather, third down and four call, it's a, a little bit of a gimmick run. I'm on Ross St. Brown to bring it to fourth and two. San Francisco, to their credit, great defense called, but incomplete pass. Josh Reynolds drops it, right? Then the game Changes. San Francisco has all the momentum, and they never look back. They get the ball back at their own 28-yard line. Five plays later, 78-yard touchdown drive, fueled by the 51-yard completion off of a defensive back's helmet and hands. Just a complete Heineke horseshoe, as I like to call it. Now, Brock Birdie did some incredible things in this game. He was running all over the place in the second half. He had 51 scrambling around, rushing huh? yards. I mean, he was huge. After halftime. But that throw, that play that changed everything, mm -hmm. what a crazy play that was. That is a San Francisco's got luck on their side today, not Detroit.
kind of moment. So the 51-yard completion, Ayuk sets up a touchdown. It's now a seven-point game. And here we go. This is quicksand. You remember the scene from Replacements where they're talking about the who knows what quicksand is? Feel like you're in quicksand. He's like, you mean when you're like in quicksand? And he's like, no, the football version. When everything bad is happening and you can't stop it. The next play, you're only up seven now. Wheels are coming off the wagon. Lions take the field. Someone's got to make a play. First play of the drive. Jameer Gibbs loses a fumble at the line of scrimmage. That lost fumble looms massive. San Francisco first and 10 at the plus 24. Four plays later, they score, and the game is tied. A 17-0 run, Danny, that took exactly eight game minutes. Mm. It, felt, it felt less than that in real time. Just a meltdown for the Lions. Yeah, I misspoke. Obviously, it was Gibbs, not uh, Montgomery with the fumble. But at that point now, Detroit is you know standing eight count in the middle of the ring, right? They get knocked around. Their next drive after the touchdown by San Francisco, they stall pretty quickly. They punt, and you're going, oh, my God. San Francisco's going to run away with this thing. Well, there's more context needed than that, right? So the game is tied. The Lions get the ball back, and they go three and out. So not even pretty quickly. It's a three and out. First and 10 run. Got zero. Second and 10. Goff throws an okay ball. Laporta had his hands on it. A little more ball placement would have helped. He gets blown up. Mm -hmm. Laporta loses the football. Can't make the catch. It's third and 10. And then Josh Reynolds, wide open, drops a second pass of the half. The same guy that dropped the pass Uh on the fourth and two for what would have been like a 13-yard deep over kind of crosser. First down, well-designed, let's move the chains, run some clock, try to go take the lead. He drops the pass, gives the ball back to San Francisco. But before they even got the ball, people forget this play. I thought this was huge. On that punt after the drop, what's their punter's name? Something Fox? Jack Fox. Jack Fox. Fox boots the ball 70 yards, basically. bomb. I mean, it was incredible. And it bounces at the two straight up into the air like one of the the fountains at the Bellagio, just waiting to be caught. Some goofball, I don't know who it was. All he was trying to do was his best. But in that moment, just doing too much, basically jumps up and gets the ball and carries it into the end zone. He's like, I should probably step into the end zone here. Instead of first and 10 from the one and a half for San Francisco, they bring the ball out to the twenty. They end up going on an 11-play drive at that point. 65 yards plus a penalty. Kick a field goal. They take a 27-24 lead. And that's when I thought Purdy took over. For all the knocks on Brock Purdy, I don't think he threw the ball particularly well. I thought it was another kind of Matt or worse game slinging the ball around. However, he was Lamar Jackson in the second half. Mm -hmm. Or he was what the Ravens wished Lamar Jackson was yesterday. (laughs) I mean, 51 rushing yards. He made back-breaking scrambles over and over again. you got to love what he gave San Francisco. 100%. And sometimes, you know, it's not how you draw it up or even the second option after you drew it up or even something you, you even think was reasonable. He squirted out of there a couple different times, and instead of just getting the four or five yards, he's making guys miss in the secondary. He's diving forward for big gains. Enormous for them because at times they were stymied. They couldn't get the ball to Kittle. Detroit does a usually a really good job against tight ends yep. uh, for the most part. You know, Debo Samuel didn't seem to be quite himself and out of the game a couple different times, nursing the shoulder or otherwise. See, I thought he was awesome. I do too, but he, he had to come off the field a bunch. Okay, I guess is kind true. of my point. He was getting treatment. Yeah. But he to me, in game, when he was breaking tackles and running over dudes. Oh, he's tough as nails. I never would have known that guy was on the injury report. But so it's a three point game now. Game's not over. Lions get the ball back. I'm texting with Ryan. I'm, you know, he's all in on the Jared Goff comeback story, whatever. And I'm like, 
your boy's got to make a throw. Somebody, somebody has to make a play. Somebody's got to do something right here and right now. And the Lions did. They moved the football. They get going again. They they hit on a couple of things. They get Amon Ross St. Brown targeted for the first time. It felt like in an hour. And they start driving. But now it's fourth and three at the 30-yard line. Do you kick to tie the game from 48? Do you go for it? Dan Campbell again elects to go for it. They don't get it. That time, I don't even think the play was a particularly good play for Ben Johnson. I will say that on the backside, Reynolds came wide open. Goff maybe had already decided I'm never throwing to him again. Uh, so he was just kind of <laughs> flushed to the right. Not Wasn't going to throw against traffic. Just threw, threw a looping pass to the ground deep down the field. But they didn't get another fourth down. San Fran took over with 7.32 to go. And that was it. That was all she wrote. The Niners go on to score a touchdown. Uh, they go up 10 on a 7-play, 70-yard drive. Key to that drive again was Brock Purdy with his feet. 22-yard mm-hmm. scramble that was awesome. Put the game on ice. Quick note on the broadcast. Uh, it's sad. We got no more Greg Olson. Yes. That guy is so fantastic. I just want more. I want Greg Olson to tell me about what's happening. He's really, really good at it. He had a great breakdown uh, on the telecast about the Detroit fourth down play that ends up with Goff kind of scrambling to his side and, you know, flinging it in the air to a, to a space uh, where nobody could catch it, obviously. But that was designed to beat a man concept, which is what they thought they were getting. It's these mesh crossing routes, which are really hard to keep up with if you're running in man. It was a zone-type coverage. San Francisco disguised it really well. Felt like they did that a couple times, just at the exact right moment. You're, you're always betting and playing that live chess match. I think they're going to run this, so I'll run that. Well, they think I'm going to run this, so I'm going to run something else against yeah. type, etc. Those are kind of those moments where games are won and lost, went bad for Detroit. Yeah, Ben Johnson, if every play is a, a match, a round of the fight, probably run one, like three quarters of the rounds or more against Steve Wilkes. That was a big round, and Wilkes won that one for sure. I just thought among the storylines then in this game, final score, San Francisco 34, Detroit 31. First and foremost, Brock Purdy with his feet in the second half I thought was massive. Christian McCaffrey is just a star. Could have easily had three touchdowns. He had to leave the field after landing on his head after a 25-yard run to get down to the goal line at the end of the game. But he ran for 90 on 20 attempts. He is a workhorse, just an absolute stud. And as far as you know, 49ers defense went, as bad as they were in the first half, they did some good things in the second half to make plays. The Lions still moved the ball yep. when they weren't dropping passes. Like It wasn't like they were punting or they were going three and out. That only happened once. But give San Francisco some credit. They, they bowed up. They made a couple of big plays defensively. They shut the run down as the game went on much more effectively and essentially dared Jared Goff to make plays from the pocket, and things got tougher for Detroit at that point. But I love Sam Laporta, 9 for 97, 13 targets. I thought they had to get Amon Ron St. Brown the ball more in the second half. They didn't do it. He had just two catches for 14 yards after halftime. It's a tough one for the Lions fans. You got there because Dan Campbell was gunslinging and going for fourth downs and shooting from the hip. And then you end up in two huge spots not mm-hmm. converting instead of taking points. Yeah, it's the team's personality. It's their DNA, right? And that's who they are. Sometimes there's a other side to that coin, right? Where we, We're not talking about the times where it worked for them over the course of the year. But, again, against Dallas, we're going for two no matter what. What if you get backed up 10 yards? Doesn't matter. We're still going. Ah, okay. Stick to your guns. And when it doesn't work in major spots, it's it's easy to ask a question. It definitely is. I think the dialogue in general has been bad mm-hmm. on the Dan Campbell situation because the idea that people will bring up that are anti-analytics are, 
he lost them the game on those two downs. When if you look at expected points lost for any snap, like in other words, every snap is given at the end of the game a plus or a minus what it was worth to the, the outcome. The Gibbs fumble was the biggest subtraction of the day for the Lions. The Ayuk reception off of a face mask was the second biggest uh, number that was taken away from their cause. The fourth and two drop by Reynolds, which was not you went for that. You shouldn't. That's a wide open converted fourth down. He dropped it. That's minus 3.2 expected points added. The incomplete to St. Brown on fourth and three was listed fourth there. That was kind of the first of the decisions that you could say, not a good plan, not a good idea, didn't get it. But on that one, too, like everyone just assumes they would have hit that 48-yard field goal to tie it. Is anyone familiar with Michael Badgley's career? I've not heard people talking much about the fact that from 48-plus, the kicker for the Lions in his career is 9 for 20. I'm going to repeat that again. The guy that Dan Campbell elected not to ask to kick a 48-yarder in his career is 9 for 20. And now you're kicking from 48 with a Super Bowl trip potentially on the line. Like, I'm sure that is just a foregone conclusion that he would have gotten it. Would you rather put the ball in Amon Ross St. Brown or Jameer Gibbs or Jared Goff's hands? Maybe. So I didn't have that big of an issue uh, with going for it. Obviously, it didn't work. And then you have to say, by not getting it, it was costly and one of the reasons why they lost the Indeed. Game. I mean, again, it's, it's a double-edged sword, right? I mean, the I, I find myself in a, in a unique spot a lot of times when things like this happen where I'm arguing against everybody to my left and to my right. Like, on one side, it's... You know, Neanderthal football guy, I told you no street of papers ever won a football game. Cool. Okay, thanks. We should welcome more information. Then there's the relentless defense of actually the algorithm. The po- my problem there is we ended up previously welcoming analytics and data because we were slaves to a convention, right, where you got to punt every fourth down, you play field position game, et cetera. Now I feel like we may be slaves to that one, right, where it's, it's one convention has been replaced with another where you go because the computer said so. There, there are nuance, there are decisions to be made. I didn't have an enormous problem with both of those. I felt like I probably would have kicked the first one with an attempt to go up three scores again. But, you know, that's their DNA. It's who they are. It's how they got here. 49ers to the Super Bowl. Lions back home. San Francisco is going to be playing the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's get into the AFC Championship game next on Grant and Danny. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Then you have a chance to win this game. Well, last week, Houston did not have a single snap inside the 25. Here's Kansas City from the 19, throwing at the goal line, and it's caught by Kelsey for the touchdown. With Kyle. Nance Romo, CBS, yesterday's telecast. The Chiefs are back in the Super Bowl and looking to go back-to-back against San Francisco. 17-10 final in Baltimore yesterday. I tweeted this out yesterday afternoon. I was trying to come up with a reason why the Chiefs would beat the Ravens. I just couldn't. And the one thing I kept coming back to was, is it possible that Mahomes has that Brady... Kansas City has that New England kind of pixie dust where nothing matters. You're just running up against this thing that is bigger and better and better than you are. And my thought was, if they win this game today against these superior Ravens with Patrick Mahomes, who's now 9-3 and three, straight up as an underdog, and 10-1-1 against the spread after yesterday, I'm just never going to bet against Patrick Mahomes again. Because I lost my butt for a lot of years thinking – the Patriots or Brady or the Bucks or whoever it was, well, they're not going to win this one. And then somehow, you know, someone fumbles three times or Aaron Rodgers throws, you know, a bad interception or whatever happens. And somehow at the end of the game, they win. The Chiefs are there now. You can't bet against Kansas City. You can't bet against Mahomes. You can't bet against Reed. That's where we are. That's pretty much the summary. There, there were not great reasons for them to have won the football game. Baltimore is better in every phase, with the exception of, as you said, you know, a guy that's on his way to being the greatest quarterback of all time and one of the great head coaches ever, right? And every, everywhere else you would take Baltimore over Kansas City, maybe at the tight end spot, right? Because Kelsey on his last legs maybe for the postseason is, is maybe superior to Mark Andrews. But it's not by a lot in the regular season. I'd probably take a healthy Andrews for 16, 17 games. But playoff time, give it to Travis Kelsey. Baltimore should be kicking themselves. They keep coming back to that. I, I, I know the story is going to be Mahomes, and it should be. It's incredible. Uh, and, and Andy Reid just sort of pulling this out of their tuchus. But for the Ravens, like, I don't know what team that was that, that only handed the ball to Gus Edwards three times. Like, unless he's got stomach cramps or, like, had the flu or, or something we don't know about. Like, it just didn't seem that they were doing it. And maybe it's because of the mystique of that giant killer. Maybe it's the mystique of the unkillable monster just got them out of their out of their game and in their heads a little bit, but they did not look like themselves. All right, we're going to come back to Baltimore in a second. I think we got to lead with Kansas City, though. Their side of this, You're right. right? This is a Mahomes story to me. He came out yesterday on the road in Baltimore. I was not there. Watching on TV, it looked electric. That looked unbelievable, that atmosphere. They have Ray Lewis coming out, doing his dance, grabbing dirt at the beginning. Third quarter, they put the lights out, and Terrell Suggs comes out showing his Super Bowl ring. They thought of everything, Mm -hmm. pulled out all the stops. Mahomes started the game after one quarter, 10 of 10. He was perfect. And that doesn't even tell the story. The 10 of 10, that's with a kind of overthrow incompletion by design to get a call where they got a penalty. That was ball placement, back shoulder, touchdown, covered tight end. You know, third down, moving the chains, beautifully lofted up where only your guy can get it. It was a flawless quarter to take the lead, take the air out of the atmosphere, and frankly inject 
just a little serum of doubt into mm-hmm. almost every player on the Ravens. He was incredible early. Their first drive, Danny, you thought, my goodness, they might do this thing again. 10 plays, 86 yards, textbook and clinical. Five minutes in, they've taken the Ravens off the field three and out with their defense, which was dominant all day long. And then they got the ball. They went and scored 7 nothing. Kelsey, the best we've seen him all year. That third down catch on that sprint out option to the right where they come back one-on-one to him and he makes the leaping catch on the opening drive. Then the back shoulder touchdown I talked about. That was brilliant. Like, okay, this dude's got his best game today. (laughs) 11 targets, 11 catches for 116 and a score. They basically have three superstars because this is a worse Chiefs team than we've seen in years. It's Reed. I thought he was really good. Mahomes, outstanding. Kelsey, amazing. And then you could throw in Spags if you want to. Spagnola was your MVP. The defense, 8 of 11, getting off the field on third down. They allowed a touchdown drive on that 30-yard bomb when Lamar avoided a sack and then threw a deep shot to Flowers for a tutty. Other than that, though, 261 yards and three points the rest of the game for the Ravens. I didn't realize that the, the Chiefs' defense, by the way, is the lowest-scoring defense in the league in the second half. They've played to the under in like 16 of 18 games or whatever it is now as a team mm-hmm. because they just don't allow any points in the second half of games. Spagnola made adjustments, and they were good circuit to circuit, but they got better and better, I thought. Well, watching it in real time, the possession after the touchdown for Baltimore, it felt like the Chiefs had the ball for half an hour because it spanned two quarters, right? But they they ran off five-plus minutes at the end of the first quarter with the football, then ran off basically another five-plus minutes, it felt like, uh, to, to ultimately the drive that culminates in a touchdown from Pacheco. But it was clinical. It felt like all the momentum Baltimore had was sucked up and gone because Kansas City just held the ball and held the ball and held the ball and held the ball. So there's no rhythm. There's no feeling of kind of getting going and getting the lather going and, and bullying people, which Baltimore is used to doing. They didn't. So as soon as they got the ball back, possession was over. It felt like they didn't get the third one, had to punt. Just unreal, man. To your point. Or the fumble, rather, after yeah. that touchdown, yeah. Baltimore, though, this was not just the Chiefs being good. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of that. You could go MVP, Kelsey, MVP, Mahomes. How about the throw he made to ice the game downfield to Valdez Scantling? <sighs> At the two-minute warning. Man. Just amazing stuff, right? But this was also bad Baltimore was the story. You uh, have this axiom of like, you know, sometimes teams win, sometimes teams lose. If we did that exercise here, I would probably lean toward the Chiefs won the game because it wasn't like Flowers fumbled for no reason. Sneed punches Mm -hmm. the ball out as he's diving across the goal line. That was a backbreaker. I mean, Flowers completely melts down. He's bleeding from punching something on the sideline. He's taunting. I don't think they should be calling taunting penalties in, in, in that game, in that spot. But it was a stupid penalty. It was a stupid thing he was doing. And then to your point, what the heck was Todd Munkin thinking? I don't know. What was that game plan, dude? What are you doing, man? They ran the ball six times with their running backs all game long on traditional runs. Six early down runs. Three attempts for 17 yards. Think about that. Against the number 28 run defense in the league, the Chiefs got gashed by the Bills. My whole problem with even suggesting Baltimore wouldn't dominate the game was I don't see how the Chiefs can stop their running game. They never had to. The, the Ravens didn't really try to run it. I just don't get it. Now, generally, if I, I want you guys, don't adjust your radio dial. This is still Grant and Danny. We're not usually, you got to run the dang ball. Whoever runs it more wins it more. That's not what we're talking about. This is the Baltimore Ravens. They got a DNA. They, they got a personality. They have a, a an organizational mantra of how they go about their business. We're here to push you around, shove it down your throats, 
get you tired of all the gut punches from guys like Gus Edwards and Justice Hill, and then uh, you know Lamar Jackson when you get sick of that. Then we take shots over the top. Then we pick you apart in the passing game. We're going to Im- impose our will, and we're down one score, and they had no interest in handing it off. I I don't know what that was all about. To me, I don't think this was actually what was happening, but this is what it felt like. It felt like Lamar and Munkin wanted to prove he could win from the pocket. That's what it felt like mm. to me. Like, I can get mad that Munkin didn't call more designed runs for Lamar Jackson, who ran it six times, which is outrageously not enough, by the way. But also, why isn't Lamar scrambling? Romo, I thought, pointed this out a couple times, which was smart. It's like, he's taking too long. It's You know, that first, that second tick, you got to go, man. And he was just waiting and waiting and waiting and trying to throw the football. With all due respect, man. That's not why you're Superman. Go do the Superman thing. He threw a bad interception into triple coverage. That was a bad throw. Had another, should have been interception right into the waiting hands of a linebacker. I think it was Bolton. Like, he just didn't play well. Full stop. There's no other way around it. Lamar Jackson, in a game where Mahomes came up big and Kelsey came up big, where your stars greater they weren't on defense, I thought the Ravens had some guys step up. Lamar did not. But to me, he wasn't the LVP. Munkin was, Mm -hmm. honestly. Agreed. It was pretty confounding. Uh, We can dive deeper into the two games. Also, why yesterday worked out perfectly for the commander's head coaching search. Let's get into that next on Grant and Danny here on The Fan. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. He gets the protection. He goes long and on his back to ice it is Marquez Valdez Scantling for the second straight week. He catches a long ball. He had two of them against the Bills. Jim Nance on the call. Chiefs and Mahomes putting their win on ice despite really no credible wide receiver talent for the first half of the season. Eventually, Rasheed Rice came on and proved to be serviceable. It's him and Kelsey in the passing game. That's about it. But Mahomes is back in the Super Bowl. 
By the way, looking at his numbers and comparing them to Tom Brady's at this point of their careers, it's staggeringly similar. So follow me for a second, Danny. You know, I don't do quarterback wins losses. Mm -hmm. I think just to compare the, the arcs that these guys are on, it is fitting to look at how close those numbers are, though. Through six seasons as a starter. You ready for this? Yep. Mahomes, 72 and 22. Brady, 70 and 24. You're talking about almost identical. Mahomes and Kansas City, two games better than the Patriots were in that time. In the playoffs, Brady, 12 and 2 in his first 14 over six years. Mahomes, one more playoff game, 14 and 3. AFC Championship games through six seasons. Brady had three. Mahomes has four that he's won. AFC title. So he's one ahead of Brady already in that regard. Now, championship rings. These are Super Bowls. This is Lombardi's. Brady had three through six years as a starter. Mahomes has to win against the 49ers to get to three. But if he does, we're talking about the same number of rings as Brady with one more AFC championship game, with two more playoff wins, and with a better quote-unquote record for people who care about that kind of thing. Like the team has had more success in the regular season. And that's not even to get into the obvious passing advantage that Mahomes has because early in his career, while Brady was great, that was a defense and running game New England team. Now, he had those years with like Randy Moss where he's over for 50 touchdowns, but that's pretty much what Pat Mahomes does until this year, basically. He'd right. been a league leader in TD passes. And that was later into the window. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is early in his career, Brady had more kind of game manager, passenger type success. Mm-hmm. Mahomes has never had that. As example, uh, you know, evidence of that would be the numbers, which is touchdowns through six seasons as a starter. And it's a different era with more passing. I get that. But Mahomes, 258 touchdowns, Brady 167, not even close. Interceptions, Mahomes just 69, Brady 87, despite throwing way fewer times. So when you actually compare performance at quarterback and passing stuff, it's night and day. It's not even a comparison. But in terms of the, like, Brady's the greatest winner ever. That is irrefutable. That's not debatable. Mahomes has tracked him down. He's on his way. There is a lot of years ahead where he still has to keep winning because Brady did it for decades. But my point is, All that he can control is the six years he's played so far. And if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, he'll be tied in rings, he'll be ahead in AFC titles, and he'll have a better quote-unquote record if you're into, again, the greatest winner ever kind of thing. What we're seeing is astounding from Patrick Mahomes. It's not a you went 11 of 19 and and you ran the ball and played defense and got to a Super Bowl. Everything they do is through him. Mm -hmm. Finally, he's got a great defense. This Chiefs defense has been incredible, and that's awesome. But this is the first time they've even had a good defense, really. Well, we're not used to this sort of... I mean, this year he threw for 27 touchdowns and 14 picks. And a lot of those picks are going, what did you see there? What were you doing? And you could feel maybe him trying to force some things at times because the offense is really stalled out. Instead of you know always having a miracle to pull out of his tuchus, he was trying to force those things from happening. I think now it's kind of settled into the right balance and he's prolific again. But we are in progress seeing something that should not be in a league that is quite literally designed for people to do what Detroit just did. Miami, Philadelphia. uh, You could go through the list of teams that were bad not that long ago that are now good. They're now threatening to do special things in the league. They're immune to it. That's what made that Patriots dynasty so unbelievably staggering. A, the length of it is, is absurd. 
because there are multiple iterations of these teams. These guys that were household names playing with Brady, like Mike Vrabel, are now you know looking for coaching gigs. Uh, it's you know it, the the Edelman and then Wes Welker before him, and all the different iterations of it. We're now watching the same thing happen in Kansas City. It should not be possible. It is. They're in the Super Bowl again with a team that, quite frankly, is just okay. Like, the defense is very good offensively. That is as middle of the road as you could possibly be, and yet here they are because they got that dude. From a personnel standpoint. Yeah, and, and production-wise, too, they're okay. He waves a wand over it and says, now we're great. We'll be fine, dog. Uh, the best thing about yesterday, if you're a Commanders fan, was that the four coaches of five that they're interviewing again early this week that were still alive all got eliminated. With Baltimore, Mike McDonald, the D.C., and... Weaver, the defensive line coach, both eliminated. Both can now do their interviews. And what's important about that is Washington can hire one of those guys if they choose to right now, any minute, any second. On the other side, the Lions losing in the NFC Championship game means that Ben Johnson Ben Johnson alert, and Aaron Glenn can both be hired now as well. Someone needs to explain the Aaron Glenn infatuation with me because I just, that defense is not good. And yesterday in the second half, I thought they had their lunch taken as the game went on and just couldn't make any adjustments. I'm guessing that's just the leader of men. Everybody loves the guy thing. Everyone loves the guy. But, it, like, what doesn't fit here? Ravens' defense has been one of the best in the sport over a couple of years. Lions' offense has been one of the best in the sport over a couple of years. Three of the four people correlate to that success. And then Glenn's got a defense that has been a liability when it's bad or average when it's good. So I, I don't really get that one from a – Production standpoint, I know a lot more goes into it than that. But let's get into the coaching search coming up in just a few minutes. The latest on Ben Johnson. Adam Schefter actually uh, said something today about what he's hearing about Ben Johnson that I think you guys will want to hear. It makes it seem like this is still very much up in the air as to which direction Washington's going to go. Are we buying that or not? We'll dive into that in about 10 minutes. Also, Aaron Schatz stops by. Right at the top of the hour on Grant and Danny here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 